Hello, everyone. This is Marcus Robertson, reporter with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Ashvin Dewan, who is an orthopedic surgeon at Houston Methodist Hospital and the chief medical officer of Case Control. Dr. Dewan, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me, Marcus. I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Let's start off with uh, can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about your bre- your uh, background and your roles? Thanks, Marcus. So I'm a practicing knee and shoulder surgeon at a community-based hospital here in Houston, Texas, at Houston Methodist Sugarland Sugarland Campus. Um, the other hat I wear is I'm also chief medical officer at Case Control. Uh, you know, I have a background in software engineering before I became a doctor, and I've always had an inclination to use software to solve clinical needs. So. Uh, very early on, uh, as I began developing my practice at Houston Methodist, uh, I began experiencing some challenges with the coordination and management of surgery, and uh, immediately I started thinking of ways to try to solve my own problems using software tools. Um, you know, it, it, it befuddled me that on the one hand, I can do surgery with a robot this day and age, but sometimes managing all my surgical candidates can still be a challenge. And so uh, I've married these two passions, and uh, that, that's what I do down here in Houston. Very cool. So your background in software engineering, can you uh, tell us just a little bit more about that? Yeah, I studied engineering uh, at Rice University, and that was kind of where I got my first exposure to uh, using software to tackle difficult engineering problems. Um, uh, I also had a uh, specialization in biomedical uh, aspects of engineering. And so uh, I've always looked at uh, medical and clinical issues through a uh, engineering lens. Um, uh, while I was there in undergraduate, I actually worked a lot with prosthesis design and worked directly with the medical school. I ultimately went to Baylor College of Medicine uh, to uh, marry the two disciplines. So I've always had this eagerness to activate both sides of my brain, the um, uh, medical uh, along with the engineering. Okay. So, uh, yeah, acutely aware of kind of, uh, you know, design uh, issues. What would you change about the human body if you were to uh, design us from scratch? <laughs> uh, great question. I, I wish we could make joints that were more resilient. You know, the biggest thing I see is joints wearing out. So um, if there was a, a way or a, a technology that could uh, essentially uh, extend the lifespan of our joints, um, I really like the way a lot of the uh, exoskeleton technologies are going. I think it's the future of workforce uh, where we have these ways to augment our human capabilities uh, without taxing and, and reaching the limits of our body. Well, that question was absolutely out of left field, and I applaud you for fielding it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I look forward to our bionic future uh, where we uh, all have our augmented existence. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Uh, it's it's kind of an exciting prospect. Um, you know, I can't wait to be... Uh, a little bit of Iron Man, you know. Well, uh, what are what are some headwinds that you are you're encountering or think are on the way for this year? Um, and that can be in you know either of your roles. Yeah, sure. You know, I think um, we all practicing clinicians are uh, constantly wrestling with changing pair dynamics. Um, you know, as a surgeon, I think I see I've seen a lot of changes. Um, lately with uh, 
reimbursement, for example, of first assist, you know, it's getting harder and harder for me to get good help and to be able to do my job as most efficiently as possible. Um, and I think that's just as we uh, contract some of the bundled payments, uh, some of these things are becoming more challenging. Uh, I think um, other big headwinds include, you know, the progression towards electronic prior authorization. I really look forward to that. I, I see some cool, interesting initiatives now with the gold card plans where hopefully we can relieve some of the burden. Uh, we're all waiting for that from the clinician perspective. Um, I think there's a lot of headwinds that the pandemic generated with respect to adoption of digital technologies and, you know, being on the, at the intersection of technology and healthcare, um, I think uh, I've been really excited by that. You know, just the appetite for implementing technology to solve some of the challenges we face in day-to-day -day clinical practice. Um, I think these are all interesting headwinds uh, as, as the year is coming along. What are some of the, uh, you mentioned implementing technology there. Um, is there anything uh, in that realm specifically for spine and orthopedics uh, that you are looking at? Yeah, I, I think uh, in the one of the trends that we're seeing that I think is reflective, uh, that is as happening fast in orthopedics and spine, is uh, consolidation and you know uh, MSOs coming in, uh, management service organizations coming in to help re-leverage economies of scale. You know the the environment is such that you know there's a lot of administrative burden that is associated with the delivery of care these days, and, and actually that's. The intersection at which case control sits. You know, we're a cloud-based automation and coordination platform for surgery management that really allows practices and systems to do better quality and quantity of surgery with less admin burden. You know, we envision a future where a majority of the uh, how you see, case management preparations and logistics can be orchestrated by an automated process more predictably and reliably, but still unique and personalized to the patient. You know, tools that can give the staff the ability to really focus on patient care and maybe not necessarily on the nitty-gritty mundane admin burden, I think will actually ultimately make care more accessible for everyone and also uh, improve the economics to deliver that care. Uh, and so I, I think that um, uh, as, as this wave of consolidation continues in our field, uh, there will be opportunities for technologies uh, like case control to kind of uh, help in the delivery of this care. Uh, I, I think the other big emerging trend in our industry, uh, especially in orthopedics and spine, is you know the migration from a fee-for-service to value-based um, is really pushing more of these uh, surgical episodes and care to outside the four walls of the medical facilities and more into like specialized ASCs, for example. Um, you know, I think the big winner will be the ones that can understand how to best control and manage this entire surgical episode and the several touch points that are necessary to deliver the best outcomes when you take it out of a, you know, three-day inpatient stay for a total knee that, you know, now is uh, almost a, a thing of a relic of the past. And I think the infrastructure has to evolve and is evolving to, to help manage this care continuum uh, now that we're responsible for the entire surgical episode and maybe not just a one-time feature episode. Uh, we, it's incumbent on the uh, healthcare providers to really uh, take a holistic approach of that entire surgical episode, if you will. So beyond the sort of flashier technology, like those bionic implants or surgical robots, there's a lot of room for tech that lightens that mental burden on staff. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, yeah I, I think two ways we're going to not only alleviating the burden on the staff, but also, which in turn improves patient outcomes, but also uh, being more patient-centered and facing. You know, I think uh, I love the what, what digitization has done to our industry. You know, it's, it's taken the care uh, to some extent, uh, more of the control has been given to the patient, as a, giving them more ownership of their care journey. You know, historically, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd have a visit, we'd go into the doctor's office, and really, you know, we are waiting for a lot of time often in the waiting room and, and, and kind of are uh, more recipients of care as opposed to consumers of the care. You know, it's all becoming more uh, patient-centric, uh, more transparent, uh, not only for a cost perspective, but also the process perspective, right? Where it's kind of more of like a consumer-like experience where, you know, the patients now are handheld every step of the way, they have access to their care team. Uh, and, and it's not just one doctor that's delivering the care or the medical provider that's delivering the care anymore. It's usually a cadre of uh, experts, you know, it could be a nutritionist, it could be a care coordinator, it could be a joint uh, arthroplasty coordinator. Um, uh, there could be several touch points that now are all part of this connected journey. Well, part of that, you know, connected journey, and you talked about medicine's infrastructure evolving and kind of some directions you'd like to see things move. Um, where where are you seeing right now as the best opportunities for growth? Uh, I think uh, it, it, it stems from some of those trends uh, that I was alluding to. I think managing that care continuum, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, I think that the, uh, you know, you, you, you see a lot of uh, new technologies and companies coming up in the, you know, taking the hospital to the home, for example, or really taking any care out of the inpatient setting. And that's the way we're going to save, right? And so that's why these ASCs are primed for, for big growth, because, uh, you know, as more and more of these procedures uh, become accessible to specialized surgery centers, um, less and less are we dependent on costly inpatient care. Um, so technologies that support that, I think, are key. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, I think traditionally a lot of the uh, healthcare technology is focused on, um, you know, managing episodes in the specific facility and less on managing the care outside the facility. And so I think uh, that's where these technologies are coming up. And that's where, like, a lot of the, you know, even the CMS has come around with, you know, the evolution of remote patient monitoring codes, uh, and and being and and having something like the telehealth care more accessible, I think has all been kind of dominoes that have fallen uh, that have have given an opportunity for these industries to flourish. Um, you know, and and I think a big emphasis that that needs to be mentioned also is the uh, push to make things more digital. You know, when the CARES Act came out a few years ago, uh, I think that really was a uh, an impetus uh, to uh, push forward and bolstering interoperability and adoption of third-party software uh, that can play nice with the many electronical medical records and really allow for the care to, you know, transcend the hospital walls or the facility walls. Um, uh, you know, now we, we know that the next thing on the horizon is, you know, prior auth. That's going to, uh, pairs are coming of age and the digital mechanisms to get authorizations, you know, they're, they're going to become more seamless, I believe. And again, take another big onerous step uh, that that really impacts the staff experience of, of delivering care, eliminates some of the administrative hurdles to make their, uh, again, allow them to get back to focusing on what they enjoy, which is patient care. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned interoperability. That's been on the agenda for a while in healthcare. So it is, uh, you know, it is nice to see some movement, some potential for movement 
there. What is if I could if I could uh, just kind of nail you down on something specific real quick, just if you uh, want to humor me, um, what is one procedure uh, that is still predominantly inpatient that you feel like could and should or or will move outpatient in the near future? I think a lot of spine fusions have an opportunity, especially the smaller single level type of spine fusions. You know, there are already people that are doing it outpatient. Um, but there's opportunity for, I think, a lot of those to start migrating to the outpatient setting. Um, I think that's where we're going to see a lot of the change, especially in the spine procedures. Uh, I think in the um, shoulder surgery space, I think the, 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 one of the next biggest, uh, I think, changes we'll see is in shoulder arthroplasty. Uh, I imagine that's going to evolve now also the outpatient setting following in the footsteps of, you know, knee arthroplasty and hip arthroplasty. Uh, I think those are all procedures primed to switch to the outpatient setting. All right. Well, there you have it. The, uh, the gospel from Dr. Ashvin Dewan. Uh, thank you so much. That was a really fun conversation, really insightful. I, I wanted to point out one more term that I failed to mention um, that is also oh, yeah. going to be really big. And I think we're still really understanding how to wrap our mind around it, but it's uh, also harnessing generative AI. I think there's a lot of flash and buzz about it right now, but I think the real winners will be when the folks in the trenches, in the medical trenches, are able to harness the generative AI to really help uh, manage with patient care and, and perhaps answering queries and, and, and getting overcoming the, uh, some of the liability uh, ramifications. I think once those hurdles are crossed, I think generative AI eventually is poised to explode in a way to extend uh, our overstretched healthcare staff as well. A lot of potential there. Just as long as it doesn't take my job, you know, it's all good. <laughs> well, uh, again, Dr. Juan, I want to, uh, yeah, thank you for your time and those really thought-provoking responses. And uh, like I said, it was a fun conversation. Appreciate the opportunity, Marcus. It's been, a, uh, I always a fan of the podcast and love learning uh, about the trends in the industry from your team. Absolutely. We love sharing them. Uh, well, for our audience, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare simply by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.